listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Two Pac-12 teams coming off huge conference victories will square off this Friday night in Tempe as the 22nd ranked Arizona State Sun Devils, 4-1 on the year. Get set to take on the 3-2 Stanford Cardinal in a 7.30 kickoff Friday night lights at Sun Devil Stadium's Frank Cush Field. ASU coming off a convincing 42-23 win at UCLA this past Saturday night, while Stanford rallied for an overtime 31-24 takedown of previously unbeaten and third-ranked Oregon. Should be a heck of a game on Friday when the Devils and the Cardinal go at it. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we talk Sun Devil football here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everyone. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil football. With me, as always, fourth-year Arizona State head football coach Herm Edwards. And together, Herm and I welcome you to the show. Good to see you, Coach. Boy, as you said the other day, you keep on winning, and then the next game becomes more important, and then the next game after that. Yeah, well, we have a saying. It's just um, it's, it's one game at a time. And when you win, every game becomes an important game. And I think our, our players understand that when you get into Pac-12 play, um, it's a nine-game season, basically, and they're all important. I mean, you know it. You know, it, no matter if you're in the north or the south, it really doesn't matter because when you look at the uh, the logistics of all of it, you know, we just – everyone kind of beats up on everybody for that nine weeks, and hopefully you come out of there with enough wins where you can win your side of the uh, slate. And so far the Sun Devils 2-0 and in Pac-12 play and uh, atop the division. And tonight's show, as always, comes your way from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. We invite you to come on down, enjoy great food, tasty beverages, and lots of good Sun Devil football talk, all the sports, Cardinals-Dodgers wild card game on the tubes. Uh, come join us. Now, normally we're here on Thursday nights during the season, but since the Devils are playing a Friday night game, our show this week coming your way on this Wednesday night. We plan on running the football on tonight's show as the Sun Devils' highly potent ground game will be in the spotlight. Arizona State running backs coach Sean Aguano will drop by for a visit a little later on, as will his three-star running backs, a a trio of guests tonight, Rashad White, Diamante Chip Trainum, and Daniel Ngata, all here and all will join us on the show. Now, this being a football-centric program, we're formatted just like a football game in quarters, so here we go with the first quarter of tonight's broadcast. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. As we say hello again to head coach Herm Edwards, and Herm, I know as satisfying as that UCLA win was, I sit about four or five rows up from you on the plane, on the charter, and on the ride home Saturday night, you were already watching videotape of Stanford. Uh, that's That's the mindset that coaches like you and successful teams have to have, isn't it? Well, you do. You have to, you have to move past it, whether you win or lose, and, and you have to get ready for the next opponent. You can't dwell on it a whole lot, a lot you know. The thing I enjoy the most is when we win a game, the preparation that is, is taken all week, coaching staff, players, and for about three minutes when you're walking down the locker room, and I, I get to sit there before I talk to you guys on, on, on this thing, right, to watch the joy in the players. You know, I mean, that, 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 that means more than me to me, just to watch them, just to watch how excited they are about winning a football game. You know, and as the head coach, you just you move on you, you, up to the next page. When you win a game as a head coach, it's relief. Yeah. 
you know, it, more relief than joy. Yeah, right? it's just you know, you, you do it long enough, it's like a relief. It's the next, I'm I'm already on the next team. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 done. I'm like I watch the kids come off the field and the coaches, and I watch them in the locker room for three minutes, and I feel good. And I said they're good, right? Yep. And then it's okay. Who we got next? On to the next one. Yeah. Actually, I had you beat, Coach. I was watching Stanford on Saturday afternoon. Where yeah. We got their game on ABC at yeah. the hotel, yeah. and what a heck of a game that was! They go to overtime. They score a touchdown on the last play of the game to tie it. Score in overtime, get a stop, and win thirty-one twenty-four. What stuck out to you about Stanford in that game? If you watch Stanford play this whole season and just watching them in general, um, they're a team that you know they don't why you a lot, but when you kind of watch him play all of a sudden yeah it's a close game and then you went oh they're 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 winning right and and they just kind of go about their business they they don't panic they're very calm uh they play good in 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 tight situations you know it's it's a veteran team they they're very calm they don't get excited they just keep playing and that's what happened in the oregon game they were down for a while yeah they were and they found a way back in the fourth quarter Uh, some penalties showed up from oregon uh, right, and you know, and, and then on the fourth down play, they they have some ter- terrific wide receivers. It's almost like playing basketball. They just throw the ball up. They they're all at least six three, I think. and they just jump up and they catch the ball. You know, yeah. quarterbacks, strong arm guy, defense does a nice job of holding the points down. When you look at their scores, they're always in the game. Yep, they're always in the game. We'll talk more Stanford later, but we'll leave you with one nugget uh, to back up what Herm said. It's weird. Stanford this year, we associate them with big power football. They are either last or next to last in the Pac-12 in rushing offense and rushing defense. And yet, they have three wins this year, and two of them are against teams that at the time they played them were ranked in the top 15. Yes. Yeah. And then they have, um, you know, they, they've got some receivers that can make some plays vertically. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go down the field and they throw it up. You, you can contest it. You can be right with them, and they're going to throw it up and say, we can win the 50-50 uh, ball. But let's look back at your game, a 42-23 to takedown of the UCLA Bruins Saturday at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. And uh, I'll start with another little nugget for you. That game Saturday was the second most lopsided road win ever by an Arizona State team against a top 25-ranked opponent. The 1994 Sun Devils won a game at 20th-ranked BYU 36-15, to a 21-point margin of victory. And yours was a 19-point margin of victory the other night. An impressive performance. What impressed you most about your team on Saturday, Herm? I think our ability to to continue in the second half, um, you know, just methodically make some plays. It wasn't it, the, the scoring took place in the second quarter. We scored 21. They scored 20. The first half it was it was three to three. The first quarter was three to three. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and as a head coach, you sit and you kind of feel the game. And then it's 3-3, three three and I'm thinking, eh, okay, it's going to be one of those, right? Yeah. And then the second quarter showed up, and it was like, Pow! everybody was scoring. I said, oh, this going to get in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I got nervous that it only get in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And then you get at halftime, and, and we made some adjustments, and then the offense d- did what they needed to do, and then the defense just shut them out. I mean, that's hard to do because the, the quarterback, he's a handful for UCLA now. Yeah. I mean, he had probably 90 yards rushing. It's know, probably he, a relief just to get them out of the way so you don't have to face Dorian Thompson-Robinson again, he's, right? He's a headache. You know, you watch the guy, and you think you got guys covered, and you do, and then he takes off and he runs, you know. And But I thought our offense is kind of a lopsided game in this sense. UCLA had 84 plays. We only had 52. We didn't have a lot of plays. 
But Our problem was every time I turned around, we were scoring. I said, man, it's fast. I said, yeah. you know, we got to go back on the field. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I told Zach, you know, Zach, had, you know, the first time he went in the box, and I said, that box is doing you pretty good tonight, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. You're just dialing them up. Yeah. But it was one of those games where we scored quickly, and they methodically ran the ball for 10 plays, right? And it was one of those games in the second half where we settled down on defense, and the offense did a good job of, um, you know, taking the clock down a little bit and, and we were able to hold him off. You mentioned Zach Hill, your offensive coordinator. His weekend didn't get off to a great start. Reaches to pick up his suitcase Friday to head to uh, the facility to get ready to check into the flight, and his back went out on him. And anyone who's had low back problems, like your faithful host here, can tell you that is no fun. And that's one of the reasons that he ended up in the booth. He was usually on the field with you, but he's been in the booth before in other games. I talked to him about it. He said it was actually good being back up there and uh you don't get the feel of the game right. in terms of communicating with the players but boy the the perspective you get is uh, tremendous no you're right and we talked about it before we got on the plane and i'm so i'm in the office with with zach and then i sean i called sean over there. i said sean come here i said now you know when when we get in the huddle on offense now zach's gonna be in the box this is you gotta you gotta bring him in there <laughs> You got to do your deal because mm-hmm. you know Coach Iguano. I mean, magnificent football coach, and you've know, been a head coach. I said, you got to go in there. I'll go in there. But the key was this, and I talked to Jaden. I said, Jaden, I said Zach's going to be in the box. I said, when those guys come in this deal, and Sean says something, I might say something. It's your football team. You got to lead them now. You got to sit in there, and you got to, you know, you got to, you got to talk to them now. You, you mm-hmm. got to get going with these guys. It's your, you're the quarterback. I think it did everybody good. And so with that being said, he's probably going to stay in the box. Yeah. Uh, stay up there. Yep. Don't come down. Just stay up there. Oh, if you're, the rest of the season. If you're superstitious like me, yeah, he's not, leave, he's yeah, not leaving yeah, that box. No, stay up there. We'll How go. about these numbers, though? 463 total yards by the Devils, 177 yards on the ground, averaging five yards a carry against a defense that was ranked fifth in the nation in run defense coming into the game. And how about Jaden's performance? He averaged 22 yards per completion. He only completed 13 passes through for 286 yards you were able to get and hit shots deep shots against their defense that was the um, that was the plan going in that we'd get some looks and we had to hit them and uh, i think the one that porter made early kind of got us going you know and, and can't say enough about ricky what he did was able to do he was here when was ricky he was just here a couple weeks ago yeah weeks ago yeah. i mean he he made a couple catches and the one on the screen got good blocking and then the other one was a, a little slant and go and we, we made some big plays in the passing game, and I, and I thought the turning point of the game was this because it was still kind of one of those games mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter when they went down to try to score and we held them on the one, on the one-yard line. Yep. We went on a 99-yard drive. A soul-crushing drive. Yeah, that was the one. That was the one when that happened, I went, it's done. Because you don't ever know. Because you play a team like that with the quarterback that's very explosive and they've come back before. And you're on the road, you know, mm-hmm. and but that was the one. When we stopped them, great stop by the defense, and then the offense just kind of went down the field, 99 yards, scored a touchdown, and that was it. If this season goes where you want it to go, I think a lot of people are going to look back to that moment. In fact, I even, I even told, uh, asked Eric Gentry, your freshman linebacker, if he realized he made a play that some people will feel. A lot of people I hear talk after the game thought that play was the turning point of the game, his tackle on fourth down, although we should give credit Jordan Clark, if you'll third recall, down. made a great play on third down to yep. stop DTR. And then uh, Eric on fourth down got him 
uh, for no gain. You take off on that 96-yard drive. It, it has to be incredibly satisfying as a coach to stand on the sideline and watch your team chew up yards and clock on a drive that no, you know is just kind of putting the game away. Well, the fun part for me is that you have three amazing running backs. And when it's time to, you know, close the game out, I've, I've, I said, I've said it. You, you throw the score, you run the win. And when you can run the football and, and you know you have a lead and you have three really outstanding backs, it's, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just because they all, they're, they're all, they're all three of them are so competitive and they get along as a group, you know. And that's hard because, you know, any player wants the ball a lot. They share it. They understand it. You know, they, they work off each other. And they're all unique in their own way how they run. And it's just fun to watch it when they run. Just, I just sit there. And, okay. You know, I'm an old school quarter, yeah. old school coach. You know mm-hmm. I mean? I come from the era when the run, the run was, was football. Yep. You know? Yep. And now it's the forward pass and it's all the scores and yep. all that. You know, but when you run the football, you, you, got, you got some toughness to you. It's just fun to watch. Like, you know, they don't want to tackle our guys. I heard, uh, I heard the Chargers coach, uh, Brennan Staley, today. I, I saw a comment on social media. I thought it was phenomenal where he said the thing about running the ball, even if you don't have great success, you're forcing the defense to do two things, uh, accept and play on blocks, take on blocks, and make tackles. In other words, you're forcing them to be physical. So you are, in turn, exerting a physicality on your opponent just with the intention of running the ball. And if you're successful, I think you can almost crush their will. Well, the the good part for us is that we have the type of backs, if they get past the first line, well, the secondary guys have to try to tackle them. You know, I'll tell you quite the truth that there's a lot of guys that play in the secondary. They make business decisions. <laughs> I ain't tackling them guys. Yeah, yeah. They stay on blocks a little longer. Well, I'm not quite for sure mm-hmm. if I want to do this, right? Yep. And it's it's you kind of see it. You yeah. can you can see it unfold. You mm-hmm. know, when they get back there, okay, these guys want to tackle these three guys or what? Yeah. It's interesting. That's interesting. right. Before we go to break, I want to get you to tell one quick story. I thought one of the keys in the fourth quarter in the on defense, we were calling names like B.J. Green. Garen Stansberry, uh, Eric Gentry, and even Stanley Lambert, who has hardly played, got a huge sack to kind of uh, seal things. And you told me, you, you said a funny story when Stanley came off the field after getting his sack in the Sunday, Saturday's game. Well, you know, Stanley's been here three years and, you know, and just hasn't, he's been injured. Just injured, whatever. And he's a great kid. And he gets a sack. And he comes running up to me. I'm on the sideline, like, you know, they get a sack of the offense going on. And I'm trying to, I got the headset on, I'm talking. He goes, Coach, Coach, I got to tell you something. I said, what is it, Stanley? He said, I got a sack. It was almost like Christmas, you know. And I go, Stanley, you did good. And he said, yeah, Coach, I got a sack. He was running all down the sideline telling everybody got a sack. I said, Stanley, we saw it on the Insta replay. We know you got a sack. You know, so it's fun to watch a guy have some success. And we still got to play some games, Stan. Yeah, but I told him, you can get some more sacks if you want. That's Go right. ahead, knock yourself out. I think we got about 16 of them or something like that. But I said, you can get some more. You can get sacks quarterback. Stanley, you can get as many as you want. As many as you want. I'm good with that. Say game day like, the only, like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. We're just getting warmed up here on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Sun Devil running backs coach Sean Iguano will join us a bit later in the hour. But up next, Coach Iguano's three big hosses in the running backs room will pay us a visit 
as Rashad White, Daniel Ngata, and Diamante Chip Trainum will join us. But first, let's take a timeout here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Hey, Sun Devil fans, have you heard about Return to Chill? This is your chance to instantly receive two Sun Devil football tickets to an upcoming game and to be included in a grand prize drawing for a VIP experience at the ASU U of A game Saturday, November 27th. Stop by any Circle K to pick up a 12-pack or larger of Coors Light or from the Blue Moon family and just get all the details then. Forks up. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, your host, inviting you to come on down if you're in the neighborhood. Join us at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, First and Farmer. Time now to meet tonight's player guest. Remember years ago when Notre Dame football had its fabled four horsemen, who, for the record, consisted of the Fighting Irish's starting backfield of the early 1920s, quarterback Harry Stooldrayer, left halfback Jim Crowley, right halfback Don Miller, and fullback Elmer Layden. Well, Arizona State may have its three horsemen, or maybe the three amigos, a more fitting moniker, whatever you want to call them. They comprise a trio of outstanding college running backs who power the Arizona State ground game these days. First, I want you to meet a fellow who's averaging nearly seven yards per rush attempt this season. He scored a rushing touchdown in each of the first three games of the year. And get this, on nearly half of his carries this season, he's either picked up a first down or a touchdown. From Folsom, California, please welcome Daniel Ngata to the show. How you doing, Daniel? Doing good. How about you? Doing great. Thanks for coming on with us tonight, my friend. Appreciate Next, uh, how good was it to have this guy back in the lineup Saturday at UCLA after he missed the prior three games with an ankle injury? He's averaging over five yards per carry on the year with three rushing touchdowns, including 67 yards and a score Saturday at UCLA. He is from Akron, Ohio. Say hello to Chip Trainum. Chip, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. How you doing? Thanks for coming on, my Thank friend. You. Last but not least, the fella for our fans here at the restaurant, he's the man in the middle right now. He's not only Arizona State's leading rusher on the season, he's also second in the Pac-12 in all-purpose yards, averaging 123 a game, and he's the Sun Devils' leading receiver on the season. His nine total touchdowns are the most of any player in the conference. He has scored 14 of them in his last seven games. He's from Kansas City, Missouri. How about a nice welcome for Rashad White? What's up, Rashad? How you doing, bud? What's going on? How you doing? Thanks for coming on. Uh, Chip, let's start with you. Uh, What was the feeling like for you getting back on the field, and what was it like dealing with that injury where you had to miss the three prior games? It was good, you know. Um, It was definitely like a mental process, just um, getting back into it and getting into the flow of things. But um, once I got the few few plays under my belt – just got to roll and got back into that game pace, so it was good to be back. I think having you on the field just adds a more physical presence to the running game. What do you feel you bring to the offense? Um, I feel like I bring that to the offense. Um, I just um, I take hone into my role for this team, honestly. Um, just doing whatever um, ability I can with my talents and fulfilling any role they put me in, no matter if it's offense or special team so i just try to make the most out of it when i'm on the field rashad what did it mean to you and to the rest of the offense to have chip back on the field on sun on saturday i mean great it was great for me like it was a relief i mean you know just having the bag it's just chip so like you said just his presence things like that uh just rest just the rotation uh things like that so it was great having him back out there uh he helped tire the defense down and you know, I, I mean, I give credit to him. Well, I feel like I broke the run. 
Yep. Rashad, uh, what was your take on the game plan? You guys had a terrific game plan, and uh, as you look back, what are the main things that you reflect on in that win over UCLA? Uh, honestly, the biggest thing wasn't even the game plan. It was just seeing the guys rally, uh, just seeing this, how we all came together, uh, just how we all looked at each other and believed in each other. Uh, like, uh, no matter what was happening on the field, uh, you could just see and feel the presence of the, the team. and. Uh, that's why I've been feeling like this this year. Uh, you can just see the change in the team and the brotherhood and everybody coming together real nicely. Speaking of coming together, Daniel, talk about you three. You guys really have a good relationship, don't you? You're all playing the same position. You're in the same room. And as Coach said, there's one ball. Everybody would like to be running the ball every play. But uh, talk about the way you guys all get along in that running backs room. Well, I mean, we just always talk and – the the one thing I like about how we uh, operate, like on game days, is how we like kind of over communicate like on the game, and we just make sure we always just talking with each other and just just showing or just sharing whatever we uh, see out there, so we can just win. Like as uh, Rashad was just saying, like how uh, Chip opened up that run for him, mm-hmm. just how Chip is a power man. He is running the ball, and then when he gets out there, they were they didn't really know what to expect. You know, it's broke the run. And that's one thing uh, I think is really dangerous about us because we're all like three different type of runners, as Coach Homer's saying. So that opens up our run game a lot more. Yeah, give me your take. Uh, how would you describe your style, Chips, and Rashad's? Uh, <laughs> my style, uh, <laughs> I think I'm just uh, elusive a lot. Uh, elusive back. Uh, Chip, really, I think he's everything, really. People think he had power, but he, he got some speed on him, a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Shaw just a lot the same way, but he's just, you know, kind of taller than us. But he's still, you know, I think we all we all can do the same stuff. But, you know, these <laughs> little like little uh, abilities we got in us. So, Chip, is there a lot of competition amongst you three in the room? Oh, yeah, it's um, competition every day, um, whether it's in the field room or – just um, individual drills or just on the field or in a game in general. Um, we try to over-communicate, just like Dan said, every time where we, like, come out and we huddle up on the sideline as a uh, running back room and just um, share thoughts with each other, like what we see on the um, opposing team's defense or so forth. So whoever's in the next drive got a heads up and can know what to expect. So yeah. as long as we keep that competitive drive in the room, but we also help motivate and support each other when it's our time to shine. What was it like? Uh, what were you, what were your main reflections on the win at UCLA? Um, I think it was a good win. I think it was good for our team to um, be in a true be in a true fight all four quarters. Um, just to know that, just to know how grit, how much grit our team has, really says a lot. And just just to know how tough our guys is, whether offense or defense or special teams, we got guys everywhere on the field that's ready to make plays. So I think that was a statement that needed to be made last Saturday. And Rashad, you really, as a team, made that statement in that drive coach talked about after the stop at the goal line in the fourth quarter, and then you guys take the ball down the field 96 yards and put the game away. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I would say it was just some great, now right there, some great pay calling. Uh, coach Hill in the box, uh, Coach Aguano, things like that. Uh, it was different seeing, like, not Coach Hill out there and just the role like Coach Aguano played. Uh, it was kind of funny, but that's how he is. He's very urgent and, you know, he's very on it, you know, just pay attention to details things like that so uh we kind of like that we not saying we don't love coach hill on, on the field but it just we like that better <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the win must have been good for you because didn't you commit to ucla at one time Rashad? uh yeah i was committed there uh, honestly though i don't uh just the type of guy i am i don't really think into all that things like that uh 
honestly, I just want to go out there and get a win with my brothers on the road, uh, something we did all season, and Coach Hearn was preaching. And uh, at the end of the day, just feel good. You know, in life you got doubters, things like that, and uh, people that don't believe in you. And uh, that's the biggest thing I've seen out of that game is just really what matters with us is, like, us, everybody, like, Arizona State Nation, like, mm-hmm. everybody in our circle. So, yeah. Daniel, you had a great game at BYU a couple weeks ago. Eight carries, 82 yards, and in a lot of those plays, you were like five or six yards downfield before you even got close to being touched. Uh, talk about the blocking that you guys get from your O-line, the tight ends, and the wide receivers. Oh, they're they're amazing. They're, they're the ones who get the job done, really. And um, Case, all the tight ends, the linemen, we, we really love them, and I think – they don't show that much uh, appreciation as they should. I mean, because we, you know, the running backs get all the love, you know, score all the touchdowns. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's the people up front the trenches really just blocking for us because, like, I mean, if you if you see it, I mean, you'll be, like, just amazed to how good they do it and all the receivers, how good yeah. they block. I mean, it's just that's how you – run the ball really and that we just appreciate them so much for it so yeah Rashad I saw you nodding your head when he talked about the receivers blocking uh, I, I've seen stats where guys like Johnny Wilson and Andre Johnson and Ricky Pearsall are among the highest rated uh, blocking wide receivers in the country this year uh yeah I mean I just feel like everybody doing their job uh that's go back to like I said the brotherhood we have the camaraderie uh everybody want to see each other be successful and win and Everybody just so committed to doing their job and things like that, and and they do it like you said with excellence, and uh, that all goes part of like winning and things like that, just winning culture. Mm-hmm. Rashad, what's with you in the end zone? You seem to like going there a lot. Uh, Fourteen touchdowns, man, in your seven games. That's incredible. Uh, truly, man. Honestly, like you said, it's just uh, credit to the guys up front. You know, Hatch, uh, five offensive linemen. Uh, Curtis, Hodges, um, receivers, uh, just blessed, honestly. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, just coached, I'm coached up by Coach Iguana and just doing my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chip, you came here from Akron, Ohio. You were highly recruited. Uh, yeah. What were some of the things that uh, led you to come to Arizona State? Um, honestly, it was just um, really just getting to know a new experience, you know, just being a kid from the Midwest like Rashad, um, you really don't see as much and you really um you really don't know what the West Coast is truly like. So once I met Coach Herm and his staff, it was it was a eye opener and a no brainer at the same time. Um, from an early age I always knew like the girls and objectives I always had in my life and just to know like what type of people I wanted to be surrounded by. And once they was introduced into my life it was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. So like I took it and rolled with it. Daniel, you are uh, related to a fam- fellow familiar to a lot of our uh, Sun Devil fans, your cousin, uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, the uh, go-to receiver on this team a couple of years ago, now with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, what, did R- Brandon play a role in persuading you to come here, and what's it like seeing your cousin uh, playing on Sundays now? Uh, he didn't really he didn't really uh, try to bug me that much about it, and I appreciate him a lot for it because, you know, the recruiting process is a whole, whole bunch, but, I mean, it's, it really inspired me a lot to keep working because he, he's working a lot right now on Sundays. And, you know, and it's, it's a lot right now. And, like, the grind right now in the NFL is just crazy. So he just tells me about it. And I'm just imagining it like, wow, it's crazy. Like, I'm not even touching close to that. So I just keep working, keep grinding until I get to that point. Well, you keep working, man. You'll get there. You've got the talent. All three of these guys do. And, Rashad, uh, share with us your thoughts on this game coming up with Stanford. Uh, honestly, uh, we highly respect them. 
Uh, they're a physical team. Coaches preach all the time. They're not going to beat themselves. Uh, and we feel that way about when we're watching film. Um, uh, that's just kind of how we feel. Uh, they're very physical. And honestly, they just, you know, going to play hard and give it they all. And Chip, uh, if it's a physical game, it sounds like that's right up your alley, my friend, don't you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, four quarters, we'll be ready. All righty. Well, these guys have been great guests, and, boy, they're fun to watch on the football field. I guess we'll call them the three amigos here, the Sun Devil running backs, Chip Trainum, Rashad White, Daniel Ngata, our guests on the show. Fellas, thanks for coming by. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, we'll hear from the man who coaches the running backs that we just chatted with as ASU assistant coach Sean Aguano will join us in a moment. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. The third quarter. The Lodge in Tempe will be the home once again this season and is the home of Arizona State football coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. We continue with tonight's broadcast. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host this evening, and we're glad you joined us. Our guest in this segment is in his third season on Herm Edwards' coaching staff at Arizona State. He's the man in charge of the Sun Devil running backs who help power ASU's ground game to an average of 205 rushing yards per game third best in the Pac-12. He came to ASU after a hugely successful eight-year run as the head coach at Chandler High School, during which time he led the Wolves to four state championships in a five-year span from 2014 to 18. Always a pleasure to have Coach Sean Aguano on the program. How are you doing, Sean? I'm Always doing fantastic. You. appreciate you having me. Thanks for coming on. As their coach, it must give you a lot of pride to uh, sit out there and see your top three players in your position room come up here, represent themselves and the school so well. And they certainly represent ASU well on the football field every week, don't they? Absolutely. They're incredible kids on the field and off the field. Um, Just a short story. Coach Edwards put a presentation on the board today and talking about uh, being a professional and um, what it will take to be a professional at the next level. And there were six objectives with six different PowerPoints uh, or points that he was trying to make. And I sat back there and, and looked at every point, and those three checked every single point. And wow. so it's amazing to work in a room uh, with such great individuals and then their athletic prowess as well. In that vein, I think it's so much fun to watch them because there are a variety of skill sets wrapped up in those three young men. How would you compare each or describe each's style of running? You know, uh, that's hard because they, they can do it all. They can catch the ball. They're physical out of the backfield. I think they're... Um, Lateral quickness is incredible, and so I think, you know, Daniel's the shorter one, and Chip is the bigger one, and Rashad's the taller one, but <laughs> that's how I compare them. But uh, I think they, they do all of the attributes of being a good running back very, very well. And how about Rashad, his knack not only for finding the end zone, but he's your leading receiver as well as your leading rusher. They all have great hands, and, and Rashad does an incredible job with the ball in his hands. Um, I think he has the, the moxie to get to the to the goal line, and he has a feel for that as well as, as Chip and um, Daniel. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy. I treat them um, as professionals in my room. They, they come in early every single day. They come to compete and work. And then to compete for one spot and share that spot uh, is incredible to watch. And, and uh, they're like my sons, and I treat them that way with respect. And um, it's just incredible to watch. 
Now, a lot of people, Chip is the prototype power back, but I don't think you can pigeonhole him that because he's got some speed to him, doesn't he? You know what? The uh, <laughs> Every day the, the um, catapult comes out, and uh, Chip is sometimes in the lead in the catapult, and, you know, and people tease, well, Chip's not the fastest guy. Well, they all kind of uh, debate who the fastest guy is, and I think, I think Chip might get him some days. Wow. Rashad gets him a couple days. Daniel gets him a couple days, but... Um, you know, it's a, it's an ongoing debate in our room. It doesn't matter which one of those kids is on the field. You just get the feeling the ball is going to be moved on the ground. Absolutely. And there's a total trust uh, for myself or to them that they'll get the job done no matter who's on the field. In that vein, Sean, let me ask you, how do you, as, your, as their coach, how do you go about the process of divvying up the playing time for those three? Because obviously, you know, everybody wants to be on the field and carrying the football, and there's only one ball as we – as we hear, and on the one hand, you want to keep these guys fresh uh, and, you know, rotate the playing time, but you also uh, want to do what's best for the team. As well. Absolutely, and, and they play their roles on the team. Um, we go probably the first or second uh, quarters and see who has the hot hand, and then they understand whoever has the hot hand will, will finish off the game. Um, I think they do a great job in understanding that they need to be fresh. Sometimes they will substitute themselves um, and share those uh, those carries. And in the backfield, sometimes we play two of them. Um, mm-hmm. And some, they will sp- uh, switch spots in order for the other to get the carry and want to get the block. And so mm-hmm. their unselfishness is uncanny, and, and uh, I love them for that. A great example of that, I thought Daniel gave you a tremendous boost in the third quarter up at BYU, came off the bench, averaged over 10 yards a carry, all on that one drive that he capped off with a touchdown. Absolutely. Right? And, Everybody thinks, you know, Daniel, the, the shorter one, he is very, very physical. Uh, we talked about him physically finishing the runs on, on every one of those runs. Daniel is uh, an incredible competitor as well. And uh, just having those three guys compete in the classroom. Um, you know, Rashad won the last one. He had a 4.0, and, and Chip and Daniel were a 3.6 uh, GPA guys. But they compete in the classroom and they compete on the field, and it's uh, amazing to watch. That is awesome. We're doing a feature on the pregame show uh, Friday about uh, Zach Hill and the great game plan that he had. Uh, can you talk about, from your perspective, uh, the, the wonderful design you had offensively for UCLA and their desire to pressure the pocket? Absolutely. You know, we worked a, a lot on our protections that week. Uh, and Coach Hill did, did a masterful job in, in um, getting that game plan ready and then executing the game plan. Um, we, we talk about, uh, you know, discipline, and, and we talk about toughness, and we talk about conviction, knowing that the coaches and the kids uh, are convicted in what uh, Coach Hill is trying to do, and, and it was apparent in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's done an incredible job. You know, and, and he's very easy to work for because he lets you coach um, and he holds you accountable. And so I think we got a good thing going. Was it a big adjustment with him being up in the booth because of his back issues? No, I don't, I don't think so because most of the time we're, we're all handling the huddle mm-hmm. uh, together. Of course, his voice was um, coming from the headphones more than uh, face-to-face, but uh, um, I, I don't know if he, if he saw the, the game better from that side. And, and he's been um, – has, has experience from being in Boise up in the booth, and so we'll see what happens. Of course, the big, uh, com- one of the big components of the win was your ability to – you got shots, took them – and hit him. Big pass to Jordan Porter, the great game Ricky Pearsall had. But I talked to Ricky this week, and the first thing he did was credit those three guys, your running backs, because teams are loading up the box to try to stop them, and it creates the opportunities for shots downfield. And, you know, from a selfish standpoint, I, you know, I wish that we would hand the ball off uh, 100 times a game. Uh, but uh, 
they're incredible uh, pass protectors. Um, our offensive line did an incredible job with the chaos that UCLA, UCLA was bringing, and Coach Kavanaugh did an incredible job with them, um, not having any sacks, and our guys picking up the blitzes um, and having that communication. So it was fun to watch those guys work together. I, I think, like Coach said, the, the biggest thing was coming off the field and watching them sit in their area and having fun and talking and communicating. And so um, they're growing every single game. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's going to be mistakes had um, because that's the part of football. But as long as they grow together, I think we'll be very tough to beat. Sometimes I almost think the offensive line and the wide receivers and the tight end should share the running back's room because it's like you're all working in concert to make the running game go. The blocking you've gotten, not only from the O-line, but as we've talked about so much, the receivers and the tight ends have been just tremendous blocking for you. And, you know, and I think that shows the unselfishness of the, of the offense. For those uh, receivers going down and blocking and becoming uh, excited about somebody scoring on a long run, and they're the first one to congratulate them. The offensive line running down, I think they all play a part in our success. And, and every game going on, um, I think we'll be, we'll be better and better. They're understanding uh, how to be professionals, um, and Coach has is, is done a great job demanding that, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll make sure that we stay on it. But uh, um, I, like our, I like our chances. How do you feel the guys are locking in on Stanford now? Put the, put the UCLA game in the rearview mirror and getting ready for a tough opponent here Friday night. You know, I think Coach Edwards does a great job in, you know, we're moving on to the next game, not saying that we're going to be 9-0, at the end of the, the Pac-12 schedule. But moving on, that we're ha- we need to concentrate on Stanford first, making sure we take care of that game plan and then check that off and then go to the next one. And so um, taking it game by game um, and understanding the urgency and the att- uh, attention to detail that we need to have in order to be successful, mm-hmm. I think uh, all of the coaches are, are doing that. I wanted to ask you while you're up here, uh, Sean, that obviously you had the great run at Chandler High School, and among the players – that you coached at Chandler was none other than Sun Devil co-captain Chase Lucas, who is uh, winding down his Arizona State career. I can't imagine the pride you must have in seeing how Chase's journey has gone. You know, he, he's, he's grown up, you know, and uh, Chase's Chase and will always be Chase. Uh, I've had him since he's been 12 years old. Wow. Um, every single day that we come on the field, you know, uh, we uh, exchange uh, I love you um, in a hug every day. But uh, I've watched him progress. Um, and hopefully um, he'll be that vocal leader that we need um, and be attention to detail and doing all of those things because we will need him and his leadership at the end. But uh, uh, I want him to finish off his career in that Rose Bowl um, and, and see that and sit back and just watch that because I've seen what he has come from and what he has uh, endured throughout this uh five or six years that shoot maybe seven or eight i don't know how many years chase has been on there but it's been a long time yeah and but uh just sitting back and watching them grow i mean as a, as a high school when you're a high school coach you probably have to be proud as heck to see your players go on to success in college football and beyond but you've had the opportunity to be a part of chase's college experience i mean that that's beyond tremendous it, it is tremendous like you know um I've been very fortunate to turn on the, the uh, television on Saturdays and Sundays and watching all those kids that, that you've been a part of in their life. And, and that's my gratification right there, just watching and making sure that they're successful and then being a part of uh, Chase's um, journey. And, you know, he's on the other side of the ball, so mm-hmm. I usually never have a talk with him or either I'm bantering a, a, against him because he made a play. But 
other than that, uh, just sitting back and just watching him grow up as um, a finely young gentleman it's, is um, more than gratifying for me. And you just missed being part of Nikhil Harry's Absolutely. journey because his final year was the year before you came here. But uh, uh, what a great player he was here. Absolutely. And uh, I've been fortunate to be a part of their lives and, and uh, now see them growing up and having families. And, and I sit across here and I see Rashad. Uh, with his baby and that's a gratification because they'll become good fathers and, and be successful in their lives well we're so glad that you're a part of the arizona state program i Sean, appreciate it thank th- you thanks for coming on the show great to have you sean aguano sun devil running back coach has been our guest on all aboard with herm edwards even a devil needs time to chill coors light mountain cold refreshment made to chill and remember 21 means 21 Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to the Sun Devils game with Stanford this Friday night. But first, these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. We thank you for joining us for tonight's installment of All Aboard. And don't forget, game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light and official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Tim Healy back with you. Head coach Herm Edwards is alongside as well. Let's talk some Stanford for a moment, Herm. Uh, these numbers don't compute to me. A Stanford team, we always associate Stanford with big physical football. They are, I think, um, next to last in the Pac-12 in rushing offense and last in rushing defense. And yet, as we said, going to break at the beginning of the show, they have three wins this year, two against top 15 opponents. They do, and, and they they found themselves quarterback, and they yeah. have some, some really talented wide receivers and tight ends. And they, they, they're multidimensional in that way, have different packages. They still run the ball, but, but a lot of explosive plays in the passing game with these big wide receivers. And they do a nice job of throwing it up when you're covering them, and they're going to do the 50-50 thing. And... They win more than they lose, that's for sure. And they're really good in the red zone on offense. Um, you know, they've thrown 11 touchdown passes. With no interceptions. Zero. So they, they, they don't turn the ball over. They've had some fouls as well. You know, our, our conference is the conference of fouls, it seems like. That's what we've our heard. Conference that's is, the rumor just, that's going around. They had 20 They had twenty fouls last week. Wow. Uh, they had 10. And Oregon, and, uh, Oregon had, 10. had 10. There's 20. I mean, wow. that's, you know, I, I'm not saying that we, we got our own problems at ASU with fouls. So, you know, we've been a little bit better, but we don't want to get into a game like that at all. Let's talk about their quarterback. You mentioned him. Tanner McKee is his name. He's a young man that went on an LDS mission, so he's an older player. In fact, he was in the class of 2018, the number four rated quarterback in that class. And listen to the names of the three guys that were rated just ahead of him. Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Justin Fields, who played at Georgia and Ohio State and is now with the Chicago Bears. And JT Daniels, the former USC Trojan, who's now one of the quarterbacks of Georgia. That's a pretty good group, and McKee was right there with them. Big big quarterback. He's every bit of 6'6". Um, he can, can throw it. I mean, he has a he can get it to, to anywhere on the grass that he wants to throw it. And they've done a nice job with him. Um, you know, he, he, a lot of things come off the wristband. Coach Coach Shaw does a nice job of signaling him some things from the wristband, and he can kind of make a decision on the coverage he reads or the front and, and get out of it if he wants. And they're, a, they're a really steady offense. They're averaging about, what, 20, 29 points a game. Uh, they're giving up 26, you know, but, but they can move the ball. They showed me something coming back to beat Oregon because I don't know how many of you saw the game, but 
I think it was in the second quarter, one of those really good receivers you were talking about, Bryson Tremaine, suffered a gruesome uh, ankle yeah. injury, almost in that Joe Theismann uh, uh, terms of uh, grotesqueness, if that's such a word. It was just a horrific injury, and he is obviously out, and he's a big loss for them. He's a big guy, but he also had caught a touchdown pass in each of their first five games, including last week. Yeah, a tremendous player, and it would be sad to see it. You never want to see players get injured like that. Um, but here again, they, they have some other guys that, that, that do a nice job of, of catching the ball, and they're balanced on offense. I mean, you know, but they're going to take their shots down the field. They're a vertical game, and uh, they'll get the ball out of their hand very quick, and they're big and, and they're strong. You know, you got to tackle these guys. I mean, they're hard to tackle. Imagine they've got um, four Johnny Wilsons. Wow. Yeah, that's right. about it. Yeah, you know, we, we got Hodges and Johnny Wilson. They've got about four of those guys. And then they got some tight ends that are big, too. So they're yeah, doing a good job. They have been known as tight end U through the years, and uh, they've got some big ends of that position this year. And one thing that's always impressed me about Coach Saw's team, they seem to play their best against the best here's a number for you stanford one of only four teams in the country this year with multiple wins over top 20 uh, top 15 ranked opponents we told you they beat number 14 usc earlier in the year and then last week number three oregon the other three teams that have beaten uh, multiple top 15 alabama georgia and arkansas yep. that's pretty good company yeah, no, no, they, they do a nice job uh, they're, they're well coached you know coach shaw's been there what 11 years i think now so he has a system in place um, offensively, defensively, and um, you know, knows the kind of players that when they go recruit that, that, that fit what they like to do, and they do a nice job. How big an adjustment is it to be part of Friday Night Lights in college football instead of uh, playing on Saturday? It's interesting. We start our season off on, what, a Thursday? Uh, we did, yes. So we played Thursday, we played Friday, mm-hmm. we played some Saturday. A couple Saturdays. All been night, too. That's interesting. Yep. We had not had a day game yet. Yes. We, yeah, we are Pac-12 way after dark, aren't yeah. we? We get home <laughs> yeah. late on them road games and sometimes home games. <laughs> I got to bed at uh, 4 a.m., I think it was, on uh, after the UCLA game, but uh, with a smile on my face, yeah, you know. It, so It helps it helps to win when you get home at 3 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't helps. seem quite as late when, no, uh, when you come off bad. the victory. You're right. Pick a couple of keys for us to watch tomorrow, on Friday night. I, I think offensively for us um, – just putting some drives together. You know, the Sanford's not going to allow you the big explosive plays uh, on defense. Uh, they, they play pretty good defense. Uh, and I think us defensively is um, when the ball's in the air, the 50-50 ball, we need to win some of those because they're going to throw it. There's no doubt about it. They've got those big receivers, and uh, that is definitely going to be a challenge. It's going to be a heck of a game on Friday night. Arizona State and Stanford, two teams coming off very uplifting victories for their programs last weekend and uh, as you would expect the uh, sun devil radio network will have you covered for uh, friday night's uh, game starting at 5 p.m with the tailgate show co-hosted by jeff munn and jordan simone broadcasting live from the santan ford club in the east concourse of the stadium then at 7:35, father of the groom jeff van raphorst will rejoin jordan and me to help bring you the play-by-play of the game You can hear the action on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. And then afterwards, Jeff Munn and uh, will host Sun Devil Sound Off. Our thanks tonight to our Sun Devil Radio Network engineer producer, Sean Crespin. Thanks also to Sean Mitchell of the Sun Devil Radio Network, Jeff Darge back in the studio, and a special thanks to Nate Wainwright, Kyle Gray, and Marcus Aline from Sun Devil Football. Herm, congratulations on the win. See you next week, and good luck. Thank you. Don't forget about Tim. Tim Cassidy. He's here. He's in the audience for sure. 
So now for Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for joining us. So long, everybody.